all the men who went to the conference. We all appreciate Jacob driving the bus, got us home safe, got us up there on time. We were to eat at 7.30, and we got there right around just a minute or two after 7, and had time to check in and, and go get our supper meal. The Wilds did a great job with everything, the room we stayed in, the meals, but especially the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. The music was tremendous, and all the singers were people who work at the Wilds, and a lot of them are Bob Jones students. They sang songs they were very familiar with, and they harmonized well. The music was good, and it was all related to the preaching and teaching of the pastor. His name is Cunningham, Pastor Cunningham from uh, Boone Creek Bible Church. And he was very studied and very familiar with his messages and what he was going to say. I know he had a computer uh, pad and, and occasionally moved it or something, but, I mean, he just mostly preached from study. And he fed us from God's Word. We had a session where we got alone. We had a pamphlet to look at and pray for an hour. We prayed for all of you. And we prayed for many things. We prayed that we could walk closer to the Lord and let the Lord work through us that people might see the Lord in our lives and that any who are lost would have a witness to them and those that are saved could be encouraged by what God is doing. Turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 10 with me this morning, please. John 10, I'll start reading in verse number 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Sheepfold was a corral for sheep. It might be in a um, dead-end cave, I mean a dead-end uh, canyon, or it may be simply that he can use the shrubs and things of that nature to make a barrier where the sheep can go inside and be safe and the shepherd would lie down across the door. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. I've been told by those who were shepherds in Israel who saw the shepherds with the sheep that all the sheep would be together in a valley or pasture feeding and when they got ready to go somewhere like to water or something of that nature, the shepherd would walk off and he would say some things or sing a song and his sheep would separate themselves from all the other sheep and follow him. They knew his voice. They had a relationship of obedience with him, and they followed him. A stranger will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. 
This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. We're looking at these I am's of Christ. As God revealed himself to Moses in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus, he said, I am that I am. And from this comes the name Jehovah, Yahweh, who is over the sheep and we worship him. He said, I am the door of the sheep. He's the protector and provider. And no man enters in to heaven except through Jesus Christ, who is the door of salvation. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go out and in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Verse number 11 is our text for today. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Look at verse 14 while you're there. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. May we pray together. Father, as we look into your word today, I pray that you'll give me grace to bring out from the scriptures things that will help your people, help us to live for you and serve you and walk with you, help us to be ready servants to minister to others with what you have done for us. Lord, we are a weak and needy people, and we pray unto you and ask for your help and your strength and your guidance. Help us to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ today, which will glorify you, Father. And help us to exalt the word of God and what you have for us in this passage. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus spake a parable of the sheep and the sheepfold, the corral of the sheep. He made clear his teachings and symbols. These people he was speaking with understood fully about shepherds and the sheep in the land where they lived. They had visuals of everything he was talking about, but they did not grasp the spiritual part of this because their hearts were hard. The people who heard knew about shepherds. It was shepherds that the message of the birth of Christ was revealed to by the angels. Fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The shepherds heard this, were amazed by this. Very possibly they were the Levitical shepherds that kept the sheep that would be offered as sacrifice at the temple. God was working through them to bring the message that they had heard and they glorified God for everything that they heard. These people also were very familiar with the scriptures and they would know David's 23rd Psalm. Look there with me if you would, Psalm 23. 
Remember the Kessners, they're having a stomach bug run through the family. And uh, all you folks that's got young children at home, they go to school, they come home sick, they spread it through the whole family. It takes a week or ten days to get over it, you know. So remember them in your prayers. I'm sure there are others out not feeling well either. My wife's finally started to get a little over this cough and, and that sort of thing. To I think the... Uh, steroid they put her on the second time she went to the doctor has probably helped her more to get over it than the, the medicine that they started her on psalm 23 the lord notice that word lord is in all capital letters that represents jehovah if it had smaller letters it would be defined adonai as master the lord is our master he is our lord but he is also Jehovah God, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We're talking about Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, following the path the Lord has laid out for us running the race of the Christian life, which is like a marathon race. It's not a sprint. It's for the rest of our lives. We're walking with God. We're following Him. We need to see His guidance and His leadership because He's going to lead us in the paths of righteousness. We get off the path and we'll be out of righteousness. We'll need to repent and confess to the Lord to be cleansed and get that refreshing of the Spirit of God when we've been cleansed of our sin and restored from all our wrongdoing. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. The head of sheep is exposed to all of the insects. If it scratches itself in a briar patch or something, it uh, leaves an opening for flies and insects to, to cause a problem that can cause infection and all of that sort of thing. And the shepherd would anoint their head with oil. My cup runneth over. God blesses us far greater than anything we deserve and so much so we can appreciate and give praise and thanks unto him. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The name Jehovah has compound names. The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohai. R-O-H-I. That means the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. Jehovah Tzidkanu. The Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Jehovah Imkedish. The Lord who sanctifies. Jehovah Nisa. The Lord, our banner over us. The Lord, Jehovah Rapha, 
the Lord that healeth. All of these are in this little psalm right here in Psalm 23. If you take these verses and see what is being done, you see how it is Jehovah who is doing these things. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. These people understood that, and yet they were hard to understand what Jesus was teaching them about the sheep and the sheepfold and the shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. They were also familiar with Isaiah 53. If you want to turn there, I'm going to read. You, you don't have to. I'm going to do it pretty quick. Isaiah 53, verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him smit, uh, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Notice verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Christ has borne the iniquity of all his people. Christ is the Lamb of God that God has offered to pay for your sins and for my sins by letting him go to the cross and die there on our behalf. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Verse 11 of John 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He warns in that passage in other gospels of wolves catching the sheep and scattering the flock. He likened that in his day to the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the leadership of the Sanhedrin and how they did to the people what he despised. They turned the people away from God and they scattered them like sheep without a shepherd. And... Jesus knows his sheep, and they are known by him. He lays down his life for the sheep. He said, the Father loves me because I lay down my life, I might, that I might take it again, that I might be raised again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Jesus calls his sheep by name. He leads his sheep to follow him in righteousness. He leads them to still waters, refreshing streams, and green pastures to feed by making provision and protection for his sheep. He is the good shepherd, and he gives his life for his sheep. The good shepherd has given everlasting life to his flock. He's called us and we have followed him and he leads us and protects us and provides for us. He gives us purpose for our lives. That when we follow him, we find that there are things that we have a responsibility to do to follow him and walk in his path.
He warns us, secondly, of false shepherds. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse number 36, Jesus looked out on the multitude and he said they were as sheep scattered without a shepherd. That was a rebuke to the religious leaders of Judaism for they had scattered the people without a shepherd. They were not shepherding the people as they should. They were using the people for their own glory and benefit. In Matthew 10, in verse number 16, Jesus warns his disciples, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. This world is a dangerous place. And it often despises the Lord and those who truly represent the Lord. Because Satan is at work against everything that the Lord is doing in the lives of his people. Matthew 7, 15, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Wolves will kill sheep far more than they will eat. They will slay many and drink the blood and eat the flesh and run away to do the same again. And it scatters the sheep. Turn to Acts chapter 20 with me. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. The Apostle Paul addresses the need of the sheep and the shepherd. In Acts 20 and verse 28 through 31, he's speaking to the elders that he is passing through. He's gathered them together, the elders of Ephesus. He's speaking to them and he says, I'll see you no more. He was going to Jerusalem and they warned him he would probably be bound and put in prison and maybe die there. He said, take heed therefore under yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Overseer is a bishop. That is the duty of a bishop or pastor, is to be an overseer over the church, the flock. Then as a pastor, that's what these two words, to feed, is translated from the word pastor. As a pastor, my job is to feed the flock, to care for the flock, to protect the flock, to teach the flock so that you are not helpless and are led astray. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch... And remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul speaks to them about caring for the flock of God, about meeting their needs, about supervising and about leading them in the right way. Jesus is the door to enter in and Jesus is the good shepherd he gives his life for the sheep. He warns us about these false shepherds. Turn in your Bible to Matthew 23. Matthew 
A lot of folks don't like to hear a pastor or teacher or preacher expose others in religion who are teaching falsely and leading people astray. And it's a lot easier to preach against people than it is to preach all of the positives that we need. But yet God makes it very clear we must be for what is right and righteousness, but we also must be against what is evil and of Satan. In Matthew 23 and beginning with verse 13, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer them that are entering to go in. They kept people from being saved. That's about as low as you can get, and that's about as dangerous as you can get, is to follow a false teacher who keeps you from being saved. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, uh, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold of the temple that sanctifieth the gold. He goes on in this passage quite a, quite a ways, exposing and revealing what the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin were to the people who God loved and was giving his son to die for and what they were doing with them. In the Old Testament, starting with the book of Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 2, there's five shepherds in the Old Testament that are all in some way a type and a symbol of Jesus, the good shepherd. The first one is Abel in Genesis 4 and verse 2. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. You know the story how that Abel brought the proper sacrifice of an animal as a substitute, a blood sacrifice unto God for his sins, that Cain brought of the works of his hands. And that is the symbol of religion today, that every false religion teaches works for salvation in some way or another. But those that are true teach Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God that died to pay for our sins. Abel was a keeper of the sheep. He knew God's requirements. He was obedient unto God. And he was killed by his brother for being obedient unto God. Jesus was killed by his brethren. The Jews wanted him dead. They said, crucify him, crucify him. Um, the, The leader, the emperor, he tried to wash his hands. He didn't want to do this, but the people kept saying, you're no friend to Caesar if you don't crucify him. And Abel was a type and a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ slain by his brother because he obeyed God. Jacob in Genesis 30, Genesis 30, I'll just go to 31 
and read you a couple of verses for time's sake. Genesis 31 and verse 38 through 40. Jacob is speaking to Laban, his uncle. This twenty years have I been with thee, thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beasts I brought not unto thee, I bear the loss of it, of my hand didst thou require it. Whether stolen by day or stolen by night, thus I was in the day uh, the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from my eyes. Thus have I been twenty years in thy house. I served thee fourteen years for thy two daughters, and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages ten times. He was a shepherd, and he cared for the flock. He birthed all these animals. He cared for them. He was honest with Laban to a certain degree. As Laban cheated him, he cheated him back. That doesn't picture the Lord Jesus Christ. Jacob is the spiritual man in his family that the nation of Israel comes from. Uh, Jacob is not the example to us as a Christian that we need him to be. But it's a symbol to us that we all fail and we all do things wrong, but God is righteous. Jesus experienced some of the things that he did. Rejection, deception, hardship in caring for the flock. The next one is found in Genesis 37 in verse number 2. He was 17 years old. His name was Joseph. He's, in my opinion, the greatest type of Christ that you can find in the Old Testament. Verse 2, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Because of that, his brothers hated him. Because he told his father the truth. But Joseph went down into Egypt, suffering all the hardships that he went through. He became exalted in Egypt to the second to the Pharaoh, ruler over all of the land, with power to tell them what to do to plant corn and how to store it up to get ready because a, a great plenty would be there for seven years and then a great famine would come for seven years. And because of the famine, his brothers came down to Egypt to buy corn. And Jacob was restored to his family and redeemed them by the Pharaoh giving them the land of Goshen to raise their family in. And Joseph was the reason for their redemption. Joseph was a type of Christ. The last one is Moses in chapter 3 of Exodus and verse 1. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. He came to the well of water. Shepherds came there to water their flocks. And there were seven sisters that came to water their father's flock. And the other shepherds 
would have ran them off and would have taken the whale ahead of them and not been gentlemen to them. They would have done things wrongly. And Moses interceded for them, guarded them, and protected them. Our Lord intercedes for us and protects us and provides for us. He married one of these girls and he kept the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the friend of God. Jethro was a priest. Then David, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 and 36, he spoke to, to Saul, the king, and he said, I kept my father's sheep, and while keeping them, a lion and a bear came upon the flock and carried off a lamb. And I went after them, and I caught them by their beard, and I slew them, and I restored the lamb to the flock. And he said, this Philistine, the giant Goliath, I can fight him because the same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from Goliath. And God did exactly that. He picked up five smooth stones and put one in the sling and hit the giant in the head between the eyes and he fell down on the ground. He ran over and took the giant's own sword and cut off his head. God delivered David. David became a good king because David was a good shepherd. He understood the caring for the people. He made sure when they celebrated, they sent food to those who were not able to come and who had need. There's a sixth one that we won't look at, but it's in Zechariah 11, 16, and 17. He is the bad shepherd. He's the idle shepherd. He's the shepherd that has a picture of Satan and the Antichrist. But then we come to the New Testament and the seventh shepherd is Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. Good is defined as divine and spiritual. She used throughout the New Testament a good tree, the good fruit, the good wine that was without pollutant, without defilement. The Word of God. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the good shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. He is Jehovah of the Old Testament. And he is our Savior and Master and Lord. And he provides for us by offering himself for our sins. In Hebrews 13, 20, Jesus is alive from the dead. And he is called the great shepherd of the sheep. Who through the blood of the everlasting covenant has become the great shepherd. There is no greater than the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation speaks of him, that he's the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince or ruler of the kings of the earth, who loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood. Behold, he cometh and every eye shall see him. Now that's not the rapture, friends. The unsaved are not going to see the rapture take place. It's going to take place in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. We're going to heaven to be with the Lord. The world's going to look around and say, well, what happened to all these people? But when he returns to this earth to fight the battle of Armageddon, every eye shall see him. He'll be coming in his glory to fight the battle. 
He said to John, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. He is the eternal, everlasting God that we worship. Verse 18 of chapter 1 of Revelation, he said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. He is the great shepherd. The great shepherd is the king of kings and the lord of lords. The third statement is made of the good shepherd, the great shepherd, that he is the chief shepherd. Peter writes of him in 1 Peter 5, 4, he said, the chief shepherd will return to reward those who are faithful, who feed and keep and care for his flock. Sheep are a clean animal according to the Levitical diet. They are harmless. They don't have any method of defending themselves. A ram can butt somebody. That's about all. The shepherd cared for them and protected them and made sure they were safe. Sheep will wander away. We have all done that. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into the gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. The sheep wander away sometimes in, in Luke 15, verse 4 through 7, says the shepherd leaves the 99 in the fold and goes after the one that has wandered away. And when he finds it, he puts it upon his shoulders and he rejoices. And when he returns to his home, he shares with all of his household to rejoice. The sheep that was lost has been found. And in Luke 15, 4, the Rejoicing in heaven every time a sinner repents and is saved. We are the sheep and we wandered astray, but God has been merciful to us. He has come and found us and saved us and given us everlasting life. And while we live for him, he will protect us and provide for us and give us purpose that we might serve him and obey him. He is the perfect spotless lamb of God that gives his life for the sheep. John introduced it to baptism, John the Baptist. He said, Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. God the Father offered Jesus, the lamb of God, for your sins and my sins. Let's dwell on that and think on that and rejoice in what God has done. And let us seek to praise him and serve him and follow him. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for all these faithful folk being here. Thank you for our visitors and friends who've come. We thank you for those watching on live streaming. And we pray for your blessings on all. Pray you'll guide us and direct us that we might follow your path. Helps to run the race, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.